Welcome to My Property NYC. This is the podcast where we'll talk about the history and the future of the New York City real estate market. My name is Anna Zahova and I'll be your host. Welcome to this week's episode of My Property NYC. Well, today we'll take a closer look into two construction cases with attorney Mark Subkov. The first one is about a contractor who filed a lien against a co-property owner. The second case refers to a homeowner who wanted to install side windows on their Brooklyn townhouse. That being said, let's begin. Hello everyone, it's Anna Zahova. I'm a licensed real estate agent with the Corcoran Group and our guest today is New York City real estate and construction attorney Mark Sukov. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Great to have you here again. Today we're going to talk about construction wall with a focus on building stronger contracts. Mark, I know that this is a topic that you're very interested in. Why is it so important? Since I've been practicing, and in particular since I started doing construction law in 1998, what I've learned is that a little extra time spent by a client with an attorney on the front end preparing a a solid contract can save them a lot of time and money on the back end. Okay, and can you give me an example of a case that you have worked on? Yes, One case that comes to mind is a project for a co-op owner, unit owner, here in the city downtown, and I wasn't hired to prepare the construction contract. By the time I was hired, not only had the construction contract been prepared, but the homeowner and the contractor had had a falling out. Okay, and what was the falling out about? Sure, so as I understand it, The homeowner, my client, believed that the contractor's performance was subpar, that the quality of the work was was terrible, and terminated the contractor. The contractor obviously had uh, a different interpretation and retaliated by filing a mechanics lien against the building. Okay, so in this case, those clients came to you after the fact. What did you do to help them? At the point that they came to me, the contractor had already filed a mechanics lien, which is a statutory right here in New York and just about every other state. And the mechanics lien, just to back up, that's that's an encumbrance against real property. In that case, the real property was owned by the co-op. The shareholder is the unit owner, so they just own shares in their apartment. What we had to do is figure out a way to get rid of, to remove the mechanics lien because the co-op was aware of it and the co-op required that the shareholder have the mechanics lien removed. Okay, so you wanted to remove the mechanics lien. What did you do to accomplish that? So we took the path of purchasing a bond from an insurance surety company to discharge the mechanics lien. Okay, so you went with that option. Are there any other options that someone in this situation can pick from? Yes. Of course, you you could pay the amount that the claimant of the lien is seeking, 
and then the lien will be satisfied and removed. Or you could potentially file a petition in court and try to challenge the validity of the lien, in particular if it's willfully exaggerated. Okay. And you said that the building required the lien to be removed. How does the board let the co-op owner know about that? Right. So, first of all, typically in the proprietary lease that the shareholder enters into, there is a requirement from the co-op that if a lien is filed that relates to work in the shareholder's apartment, they immediately uh, cause it to be removed. In this case, in addition to the lien being filed with the county clerk, it gets served on all of the relevant parties. So someone at the co-op or its managing agent would, would actually receive the lien notice in the mail, and then they would almost immediately forward that to the shareholder and demand that, that he remove it. Okay, and is there a deadline that the shareholder has to remove the lien by? Well, that would typically be dictated by what's in the proprietary lease. I've seen 10 days as a pretty standard uh, short time frame to get the lien removed. You mentioned that you went with um, purchasing discharge bonds. How did you choose that option? For practicality's sake, it really was the only feasible way to discharge the lien quickly. In addition, the amount of the lien was not that large. It was just high four figures. And so it didn't really make sense to start a whole court action. And the third option of paying was pretty much off the table for this client. Okay, great. And what does the lien discharge uh, bond do for the shareholder in particular? That's a great question, Anna. The lien discharge bond legally removes the lien from the county clerk docket. And so now that lien is no longer an encumbrance to the building being able to refinance or anything else that they want to do. And instead, the the bond is in place as a backstop. So now there is a third party that's responsible for the lien. Is that correct? Kind of, but only if the principal, in this case my client, uh, fails to pay any judgment that a court might issue in connection with the lien. And how much does it cost to get a lien discharge bond? So it's not terribly expensive uh, for the premium. It's uh, like any other type of insurance product. It might be a percent or a little bit more, one to two percent rough figure of the amount of the lien. It's based on the amount of the lien. Another issue, though, uh, is that most sureties require the homeowner to post 110% cash collateral of the amount of the lien with the insurance company while the bond is in place. So now if we have a lien for $100,000, that would mean that there is $110,000 that needs to be put with the surety on the side. Right. And the insurance company holds the money in escrow. What if you can't afford that? That's a big problem. And as the amount of the lien is larger, it becomes less and less realistic for, in this case, the shareholder to be able to post cash collateral. In that case, you might place more emphasis on trying to settle or resolve the matter 
if there is any merit to it, given the amount of the lien, or if it's completely exaggerated, then you could bring a legal action f- to try to discharge it for willful exaggeration. Okay, great. And so I suppose your clients had the money to put in escrow. And what was the outcome of this case? Yes. The outcome was favorable for them. In fact, we got a nice decision from uh, the Supreme Court Justice, uh, which is on my website, and it lays out exactly what the, the procedure was and why they were entitled to have an order from the court discharging the bond and directing the surety to return the security deposit. So, so again, why did you have to go to court? Was that just to get the money back? Pretty much. Technically, the judge had to order that the discharge bond was being vacated uh, because uh, enough time had passed and the leaner hadn't filed a lawsuit that they were required to under the court rules. But then also the surety uh, required, so we had the judge order that the surety return the security deposit. Okay, and now I have another question for you. What if it's not a co-op and we're dealing with a townhouse or a condo? Well, that's a really important point, Anna, and I'm glad that, that you asked me that. The lien, the mechanics lien, is against real property. If it's a condo or a single-family home, for that matter, then the lien is against that individual condominium apartment or in the case of a home, against the real property of the home. So that gives the the homeowner, the condo owner, a, a little bit more options. And if the owner isn't refinancing or selling, then it may not matter in the short term if there is a mechanics lien against the property. Okay, great. And now, can you tell us, when is the best time to hire an attorney when you are in the process of having construction done on your property? I get asked that fairly regularly uh, by clients that if I'm lucky and they contact me before they've actually started the project. I usually tell them that the latest you should contact me is when you've interviewed different contractors selected a contractor for your job and before you sign a contract. So the shareholders that you represented, where did they get their contract from? Honestly, I don't know, but it wasn't me. Well, we all know that anyone can simply download an agreement from the internet and fill it out. So what's the difference? Ha ha. It's not actually that simple. Yeah, you can go into Staples, you can go on to a bunch of different websites and print out forms, but the proof is in the pudding. It's what you include in the contract. When I take on a construction contract matter, I just use the form as a starting point. And the real value is in the the rider, which has all of the additional provisions that favor and protect my client, who I'm representing, whether it be the owner or some other party. Okay, thanks, Mark. And let's now talk about another project which we actually spoke about before we went on air. Can you tell us the story, the background story for that one? The homeowners had uh, a townhouse in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is extremely hot these days. And they wanted to build some windows on the side of their house. Wouldn't think that that's a particularly 
outrageous request. Were there any existing windows on the site? No, it was uh, just a solid brick wall. Okay, and what was the next door to your client's townhouse? Right, so on the side with the solid brick wall was a vacant courtyard, and then beyond the courtyard was the neighbor's apartment building. So they were looking to add some windows to the site of their townhome. And how do you communicate those intentions to your neighbors? Well, let me add also, in addition to the windows, they were also going to uh, repoint their wall. Now, why is that important? Well, repointing is a process to secure the bricks, and that is a safety issue. It's required under the, the city lo- rules and regulations, and that required access to the neighbor's courtyard. Also, the contractor wished to create the window penetrations from the courtyard. So we had to communicate to the neighbor that we wished to do that work, and that should be done, in my opinion, through a process of personal interaction and communication by my client with the neighbor, and then also as you get closer to doing the work, the building code of New York City requires a formal notice be sent to the neighbor. Okay, and can you tell us why is it important to have an in-person interaction with your neighbors? What I've learned over the years from my experience in these access type situations is a lot of times my clients, if I'm representing the person doing the proposed construction, doesn't realize that the neighbor would like some personal communication and introduction and understanding of the project. That can often make all the difference and it costs nothing. That's right. And when it comes to construction, how often do you need to cooperate with your neighbors? Almost 100% of the time. And here's the reason why, Anna. The building code requires that an adjacent property be protected when you're doing construction at or above the level of the adjacent building. And why should your neighbors give you access? Well, the legal answer is that they're required to, and if they don't voluntarily cooperate, then the homeowner next door can go to court and get an order from the court requiring the access. Okay, and what's involved in granting access? There's a statute in New York State that permits a party to file a petition and serve that petition laying out why they need access for an improvement or a repair of their property, how long the access will be for, what the, uh, the nature of the scope of work is, and any other uh, relevant conditions such as insurance in place, who the general contractor is. There'll be a hearing, there'll be, before the hearing, an opportunity for the other side to submit opposition papers, and then the judge is required to, to decide that petition quickly. Okay, Mark, I've heard that sometimes the neighbor can get a monthly access fee. Can you tell me more about that? Ah, we can't ever forget about the money. So a license fee or an access fee that you just asked about is appropriate where a neighbor who's providing access loses use and enjoyment of its property. 
What does that mean? Well, let's say you're accessing the neighbor's terrace or, or covering the terrace so they can't use the terrace, then they could get a fee for that loss of use and enjoyment. That's right. And what if the neighbor refuses access? What do we do now? We go right back to court, Anna. <laughs> How long would it take to get a decision for, from a judge? I've seen decisions the same day as the hearing. I've seen decisions that take two weeks. And in one case, I unfortunately, although we got a favorable outcome, it took nine months. Okay, great. And since we're talking about time, well, let's say now we have the agreement, everybody's happy. How long is the access for? That depends on the complexity of the project and how much time the general contractor instructs the, the parties it needs. But typically, I've seen access agreements for usually no longer than a year, though often with an automatic right to extend for another six months if necessary. And can the neighbor limit the amount of time that the client has access to his property? No, I wouldn't say that the neighbor is, is doing that. I would just say that the parties agree to an initial term, uh, usually up to a year, and then an additional six months. That's 18 months. A lot of things can get constructed even in New York City in that time. That's right. Thank you, Mark. Can you share with us and our listeners uh, where can people find you if they need you? Yeah, check out my website, designandbuildlaw.com, and you can always email me at info at designandbuildlaw.com. This has been very informative. Thank you for speaking with us, and I look forward to our next episode in which we are going to talk about sustainable living. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of My Property NYC. Please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to our channel.